Only the leagues? Only the Alliance leagues. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Our mission was to show that we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning, gents. How are you doing? Yeah. Very, very good, Dana. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> it's not all going to be about fantasy hurling out today, like, you know. But nah, fair play. I, I, won't, straight away, I won't mention it. Fair play to Patrick Mulcahy. He should just enter, enter the championship competition himself, put in his own team, <coughs> and he could win it. Patrick, if you're listening, you know, you no, won the no, league. No, I transferred Patrick Mulcahy now down to Shawnee McGrath this year because that's I said I, I that's what he'd be good at now giving Shawnee fifteen and no chance to have a leg up this year. So Pamol has gone over to him now. He's he's no longer on my team. Like just to cl- cl- clarify that now, like Charlie and myself and Charlie's eight years of age. Because myself and Charlie are picking the team this year. Charlie must be picking it so. Hello. I think you need to give the, the listeners a bit of a Carkness warning this morning. We have double Carkness and obviously yes. with the team flying it and the fantasy team flying it, just a little bit of a, a warning for the next hour and a half or so. I think they'll be ready for that anyway, TJ, every day, even if they're going bad. Oh, yeah, right. Cock, like, you know. yeah, we're delighted to be joined from his 3.4 million mansion on the back Black Rock Road. And it's looking well in the background there by Mr. Will of the Wisp, Sean McGrath. How are you, Shawnee? Hi, Dano. Good. How are you, boy? The Norries are just a dim, distant memory. Absolutely. I'm a forest growing behind me here in the background and everything. Oh, Sean Mike, Sean Mike next door. He's good. He's good. He's good. <laughs> hey, come here. The Norries were back into Parky Keeve on Saturday night, Ashani, because poor old Davy Fitzner only got trampled on there with the supporters. Like, oh, that's right. What's going on At there? The end of it. Himself yeah. and Jackie doing the interview with the whole one. <laughs> well, Jackie was all right. He'd a bit of he'd a bit of size. He was, Fitz. he was under pressure. Like. He was under a bit of pressure. Yeah, just with some atmosphere. There was a massive crowd, wasn't there? Unreal, unreal. Fourteen thousand people for a league game, like. And and you know what the mad thing about that is, it doesn't seem when you're watching because the stadium is so big, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, huge, huge. Great poster. Yeah, you're flying, Johnny. I won't let your man in at all now on this year. You're absolutely flying. You've discovered new lads, young lads, and old lads now are starting. Connolly Hand coming off the bench, settling everything down. Hoggy, yeah. one, two, or one, three from play. Harnedy, four points in play. And all these young fellas flying as well. It's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. And there's a small bit of a grin there. Now you're just trying oh. to lead us on now a little bit and build us up for a big fall. I know you're far well, boy. <laughs> <laughs> There is a great pause below. Yeah. It was a great win. And I think Kieran had to set a stall out and go for the league, really. Um, give it a right rattle. So they're on eight. They are qualified now, aren't they, basically? Yeah. Um, yeah. They've set So the next day they're playing for the one position. Really. Um, yeah. So it's um what's interesting on the other side is one B. I try to do some of the permutations this morning. That's really up for grabs. That's going to be a ferocious final. Dublin, could still, Dublin, huh? Dublin could Dublin could still make it like no, Dublin you wouldn't say it's hard night watching them. Yeah, yeah the Dubs are on if, five. Yeah. If Waterford beat Kilkenny and Dublin win their game, which you'd expect against Leash. Yeah. It's a, no, look, no, seven. Dublin, mm. Dublin will be in the semi-final and it's a straight shootout between Waterford and Kilkenny. Dublin That's beat it. Leash. That's it. Yeah. That's it. 
Well, Dublin won't there, be yeah. if... No, if Kilkenny win, if Mark. Kilkenny win. Waterford and Kilkenny go through. If, if Kilkenny, Kilkenny win, win Waterford and Kilkenny go through. Waterford have the head... No, it goes scoring difference, but Waterford's scoring, scoring difference, difference yeah. way ahead. Kilkenny have a better scoring difference than Dublin. No, no, Waterford have a better one. That's what you have to look at. Because if Kilkenny beat Waterford, it'll be themselves in Dublin on seven points. Kilkenny have eight points. Yes. You know I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're right, actually. Yeah. 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 If you put as much time into studying now that for the programme as you're doing for the fantasy hurling, <laughs> of all this sort of stuff. And was Waterford in Dublin? Was Waterford in Dublin a draw? Was it at the start, yeah. was it? Yeah. 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 Tough game. So would, would it have come down to the head-to-head or was it a scoring difference with us? Well, the head-to-head was a draw, head-to-head, was head-to-head, yeah, the head-to-head head is a head draw. Head oh, I know, I know that, different. but... I know head-to-head first, yeah. Head-to-head first, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then scoring, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah the biggest game, game in that, though, Mark. The biggest game huh? in two weeks... The biggest game in two weeks' time, Mark, for sure, though, when you look at it, is um, the clash of Limerick and Offaly, the repeat of 94, um, because the losers <laughs> of that will go down into the relegation playoff, probably to play Antrim. I know Antrim have played tip, but that is the biggest one in two weeks' time, isn't it? Actually, it's a, it's a massive game, there's no doubt. But, like, I suppose, listen to John Kiley after yesterday's match. He's, he's he, look, even though they've lost all the games so far, I think his message was loud and clear that there's a way better performance over the weekend. And that, you know, for the next two weeks, they'll have a lot of heavy training going on. And, and, and I think they are probably timing their own entity to be in a good position in probably five weeks' time for the first round of the Championship of the League is of no significance or relevance to them. And um, I think the worst thing we could do now is be talking down Limerick here this morning. I think, you know, they're still the All-Ireland champions three times in the last four years. They haven't gone away and they won't be gone away, but they probably have a couple of irritating counties, maybe Cork and Waterford, that are coming up on their wing mirrors now. And, um, you know, it was from a Cork perspective. Yeah, I say irritating now because... Cork have improved, I would say. You were always there, yeah. Waterford have improved, all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, we're kind of a crowd that we, when we get clingy, we kind of, you kind of find it hard to get rid of us, like you know. Oh, that's so, for sure. You know, I mean, the fact that you brought on Shawnee today, like, is is a classic case. Like, you really want us to be clinging onto yourself and TJ, like. The old pals, or I have to have to give me a shot there in a few weeks. No, it was um, TJ. I had a, I had a, a litany of disasters yesterday uh, between lads on the toll bridge holding me up and jumping out of my own car and uh, putting in the two euros. Um, his name just won't come to me now. I mentioned him this morning in the, in the article. It was very funny. It's a small world now, like when you just, I said, we all want to go to the park, kid, and throw in the two euros. He was trying to swipe his credit card. On the coin, he was in the wrong lane, like basically, he was mortified. So he just didn't have a two euros and he was pressing the help button and nothing happening. But he was able to thank me on Twitter afterwards. <laughs> he said, I was about to abandon the car, Dale. Oh, thanks for that, there, the two euros. And I said, Don't worry, kid, I didn't even get to the, ca- the park. We broke down two miles further on the motorway. So, oh, God, like, yeah, we got a, we got a puncture, a basic puncture, Mac. And uh, I couldn't get the last nut off, lads, for loving our money. And the little. <laughs> The little wheel brace thing to get the nuts off. Yeah. It nearly snapped. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't change. Oh, it wouldn't change a, a, a Santa Claus. It's a long time now, it's a long time since you changed the tire right there. Sometimes you have to do it at times. Like, if it just, you can't be ringing, but wait to ring the helpline anyway. <laughs> oh, for Christ. I have to buy two tickets for the match, 30 quid. I had to pay 100 quid in. <laughs> 
get your man out in the tow truck. In the meantime, a lad stopped for us about 45 minutes later and fixed it. He came out with it. was a mechanic. Came out with his toolbox. Yeah. He said, no problem. He caught me on the side of the road. All the Limerick crowd passed me out on the way out to the match. But anyway, sure. They were, did you see the Limerick crowd? They were all wa- They were all the crowd waving at you. After I've given them three years of my life there, like, you know, David Dolan, yeah, that's David there. Uh, um, Larry's just flashy. Bailed me out. Huge embarrassment. <laughs> and I gets Fair play to him. Um, but yeah, after giving them three years of my life inside in the academy there, Mark, one of them wouldn't pull in. Like, and say, I know. Hand, yeah, right, you know. How, how to believe. How to believe that. But, but here, here, look, here's the funny thing now. I went to Welsh Park yesterday, right? Mm. And our old friends, the ticket master, myself and Charlie bowled up to the to the door. I says, come here. Is there any chance I'd be able to pay to get in here? He says, no. He said, he said if you put your phone up to the picture there now, he said, take a picture of that. He said, you'll get on the ticket master. So get on the ticket master. And uh, you've got 20 minutes to complete your transaction. And after five minutes, I was still trying to, it added to the cart and I couldn't pay for it. And I went back to him and said, come here. I said, this York isn't working at all. No. And I said, I'm not great on it. He said, look, keep going. So I gave another five minutes at it. No chance. So there was a girl, he called one of the girls. He says, come here. He said, can you help? She says, here's two free tickets. She said, we we have a few spare ones for fellas like you. She said, they can't handle the internet. No, it wasn't the internet was the problem. But anyway. Thank you very much to the people in Welsh Park yesterday for leaving in the, the Cockman for free. It was great. So, Adela, yeah. there you go. Now, there's a tale of two stories now of the weekend. Yeah. You had your tickets bought and you didn't yeah. get to the destination. Yeah. Bought the two ladies' lunch in Limerick first, or a bit paid, and you <laughs> paid for that out of gratitude from Clectomy at Limerick Junction. And uh, then paid 30 quid. Uh, or I said, I'll buy them. And I said, go on, here's 30 quid. And then call out, fella. 100 quid. No match. <laughs> Came down for a pint after I watched it. Thank God for TG Cahar. They were showing that I got home in time for Leash and, and uh, Antrim. Mm-hmm. And then I the whole of Clare and Limerick. And then I said, Fit this. I'm going for a pint. Like, you know, <laughs> here. Like, Did you stay for the Sunday game? No, I went up home for the Sunday game. That's anyone was here can testify. I'm up home. And did you see, and did you see the massacre? Did you see the massacre? The massacre? Four. Four one United and, and, and City. Just just so you know, had a word with Ralph during the week and said, Listen, we can't let Liverpool get any closer. Two one would do. Four one was a bit embarrassing. We went a bit over the top, but at least it's pushed out to six points again now for all the Liverpool supporters out there. You'll have to win it on your own, lads. Don't be relying on Manchester United for eight. Well, I didn't watch it, but I I just switched on Sky Sports and uh, I, all I could hear was a rant from Cork again. It's worse than every day we get oh, a rant from Cork. But just so you know, Mark, we don't need your help. It's in our own hands. Huh? If we oh, if we win good. all our games from here to the end of the season, we don't need any help from you. And you know what? I wouldn't even want it. And Keno called you out again yesterday. He called the shots very clear. He's, he's a high, come here. Points in the bag now are more important than games to be played for, as you know yourself. Yeah. Has he got muted there? Yeah. Good, good idea, Adela. Muting muting there, there. Yeah. We'll and, come back and, for you in about TJ. 55 minutes, Matt. Yeah. And you'd know. You'd know. You'd know. I'm actually, um, Mark, I'm, heading, I'm, heading, I'm heading over to meet Jorgen uh, tomorrow in, in Liverpool. He's, he invited me to 
the match to see in tomorrow night, which is good looking forward to that. My dad going over. And just to close out on that, I was in Cusack Park Delo, yesterday. I didn't get any invite. I was roughing it in, in the shade. Good atmosphere, I have to say. Always place to watch the game there. Always place to watch the game, yeah. But there was nice, plush red seats on the far side. Plenty of them empty. So... Maybe you could um, have a word for me for the championship match coming down the road and show you might be able to see if we can do something. Myself and yourself go over there. The 2023 round robin, I'll try, try my best. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm, I'm a bit hamstrung at the moment. We're getting tickets. Right. The <laughs> <laughs> but TJ, there's a huge crowd, a huge, huge atmosphere looking at it now yesterday. And Claire FM on the car eventually when we got moving. But uh, like the great commentary from Fergal Hegarty and, and Sil O'Connor. Great welter of excitement it finished in anyway for sure. Yeah, I, I think that might have been the fact it was close, probably yeah. maybe overshadowed some of the game. I, I, it wasn't a good game, Delo. I thought a lot of it was ordinary. Um, for me, from a Limerick point of view, not a huge amount of positives either. Yes, it was it was a draw after they went down to the 14 men. You could say they, they, they dug it out. But just a couple of facts in the game is that, strangely enough, David really levels the game on 24 minutes gone in the second half at 17 points all, right? There was six minutes of additional time, which left in the remaining 17 minutes of the game in Cusack Park on a very good spring day with minor enough wind, right? It was one point all. That's what the remaining 17 minutes of the game. Like, if the game was played in reverse after 17 minutes of a game, it was one point all, you'd say it was ordinary. The intensity wasn't there for me. Um, from a Limerick point of view, their scoring stats is a concern. Uh, the amount of rock ball that they're winning is a concern. Some of the touch handling, unforced errors, which they have been very good at over the last number of years. You probably have seen that yesterday with just simple balls that went to fellas and it was a missed touch and a missed catch. And like, again, another stat, like, which is incredible today, right? Is out of the 12 teams in Division 1 in the hurling, right? So six in Division 1A and six in Division 1B. We have scored 66 points in total, Mac, and it is the lowest of the 12. No disrespect to Leash, Antrim, Offaly, and those other teams. Is we are for scores far, we are bottom of the 12. Wow, that's fair. Peter Casey, any chance to get a new leg for Peter Casey? Quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there, there are some concerns. I did hear John after the game, and like I did, I watched Shane very briefly as well on the. Um, on the Sunday game last night, the, 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 the amazing thing about teams in sport, right, is that when some team finds a way, so when Wexford got that piece, and maybe Dara deserves the credit for that and the way he set his style out, is that you know yourself, Delo, in, in modern day sport, is that the next team that's playing you, they cling to that. They'll see what did he do successfully, and teams have built on that and just added a face or added a face to it. So, John referenced no flow in the game for Limerick, and that's coming about that teams are now stepping off to the 45-yard line. No problem. You can have the ball all day. There's zero engagement there. Now we've all our players in the right positions. We're not getting any angle ball into the boys inside. There's no kind of really way to play through that middle third as good as they have done in the past. And it's definitely causing an issue for Limerick. And that's why the flow isn't there and the scores aren't coming. They did start with Garoad Hegarty at 15 yesterday. They started yeah. with Carl O'Neill at 10. Uh, Keen at 11 and Tom at 12 with Garoad that free ball on 15. He didn't have an influence in the game in, 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 in any kind of 
reasonably way that he can do. Uh, so they were trying something a little bit different there. But yeah, there, there, there are concerns. And I, I did think with the team they'd picked beforehand, they, oh, I thought this was a good opportunity to get back to winning ways. Tony Kelly's just back. Claire have had a few injuries. I thought this would have been a nice game to win, then go on and have, have a win over Offaly. And then like, obviously have their training structure way to the first round. But certainly, yeah, there, there certainly are warning signs there. And amazingly, right, we actually won't be able to quantify what the league meant or means to Limerick until probably later in April. Because if Limerick come out, as Mark said there, and their run has been tied to perfection and they tie and they beat Cork in the first round of the championship, well, what John did was very much right. right? And if the championship doesn't go according to plan, well, then the first thing you're going to say is, well, lads, the warning signs were there. So yeah. it's kind of like, like you, you won't be able to fully quantify it until then. But at this moment in time, for me, the scores aren't flowing. The game isn't flowing. The handling errors and the basics aren't as good as they have been. So, yes, a little concern. But TJ, on that, like, form, yeah, there's a few lads struggling for form. I would clearly say that that we have to say maybe much of that half-forward line are struggling for form, which is such a platform. Maybe even midfield was a bit of a concern yesterday. But this, the patterns of play are not going to change, TJ. Like, when... When um when you go down to Cork, Cork are just going to say, go and have the puck out, go on, Nicky. You can hit it to Sean Finn, you can you can hit it to Richie English, Barry Nash, whoever, Dan Morrissey. But we're not engaging them fellas. We'll we'll be attacking the second ball. Like what? I know I can't it's very hard to ask you this, but and the boys did say it last night, even that if any man can come up with something, it'd be Kinirk to change it up. It's very hard to see what can change though. No, you could you they'll still be every bit as good as anyone else because of the personnel they have and if you're playing the same game if if Claire are saying there you you have the puck out Limerick can do the same and then can they they can win it from there but the the powerhouse and stuff of the last couple of years hard to see that being there like you know, blowing teams apart like yeah and, and, and I can't disagree with you and I'm, I'm going to say two things here we all know well you guys definitely know the form is temporary and class being permanent, right? We know we know that, and this team has been class for the last number of years. There is a change required. Um, it is possible the geniuses that said Paul and John and the boys there, and there's, and, there's, and there's a lot of intelligence around the game. Shine out on the video, and they will know better than anybody else exactly the way teams are setting up. Um, they do have um, a couple of things they could do. I, I'm thinking now, I know you were beating this drum a long time. I know he was injured yesterday. Is might be maybe Kyle Hayes back to that half hour line. That could be very possible. Richie English is playing well in the corner, which would free up a potential Barry Nash to go to um, a left half back position, which I don't think would take a massive amount away from the backs, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that we would need something. Then I know you're going to ask me, where would you play Keane and all that kind of stuff? And there's room for all of them on the team. Peter Casey is a big loss, he won't be back. For the Munster Championship, that is for sure. Uh, Barry Murphy won't make the Munster Championship. So, um, and, and Cahill O'Neill is improving. He's young, game on game. But I'm just thinking the way the game is set up there. And maybe that these guys have kept this because they will they will go away, and I would say, after the last game against Offaly. And like the teams in the league semi-final, and Sheedy touched on it last night in the league final, you'll be able to read them exactly because they won't be able to change a game plan much in that week before the Munster Championship. So Limerick will have the opportunity to try something different. I am expecting it. Um, what it will be, I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be privy to that. But it will be 
something I think I think we're going to see something different come the championship and I think that Kyle Hayes is the card that could be the change there yeah yeah interesting um you know we, we what price did they know Mark I don't know but I'd say like we said the last week they'd be a drifter they went from 8 to 13 to 8 to 11 I'd say you'd be getting a bit of even so maybe 11 to 10 that's a at the moment, no. I, I, I would definitely say easily, easily, Mark. Like, uh, as I said, you, all, all the stats and all the facts, and you can say what you like about heavy training and maybe the league wasn't a massive concern. It's easy to say it now when, you've not, when you haven't won a game. But, like, there's no doubt over the last couple of years their form was better at this stage, even though they mightn't have won the games there last year, but they were definitely playing better and their scoring rate was higher. And I would say, like, there, there are plenty concerns there for John but as I said no, no, no smarter boys to have a look at this they, they yeah. won't need any of us and they won't need to be listening to us Mark to tell them about anything they will definitely know and I, I would still have faith but for what you've taught us like Kylie does listen to us like you know so you know I suppose the clear message TJ is a couple of things like to be a big help in it if you keep 15 fellas in the field of play to get a few more scores on it like because um you know, sending off again yesterday. So that has that still hasn't been addressed. And in John's um, interview, in John's interview, he was very much defensive of Aaron. Like he just said, basically, if Conor Cleary got up off the ground, like that'd be more concerned the ref should be. But it's, it's a clear sending off, TJ. No, no, no doubt about it. It's definitely a second yellow. Like Aaron would have got away with the first swing. The second one, even though he didn't massively connect, you, you just can't do that. It's a card. No, no, no complaints. The only thing I'm going to say, Mark, is like. Um, and, and I know your, what your reaction is going to be here now, so I'm going to be careful to say exactly how I phrase it, right? Is, <laughs> was, was it a penalty? I actually didn't see the game, DJ, to be honest with us. <laughs> well, if, if, you, if, if you look, you have a look at the Sunday if, game some Sunday night, it'll be a help, you'll see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I go to bed early on a Sunday night, to be honest <laughs> with us. I, I work, I work if, on a Monday morning, and I have a podcast as well, like, so I just I go to bed early. You ride out early in a Monday morning, don't you? If, right. if, I, right. I, I'm not trying to deflect away for one second, Delo, but if you look at the incident that Jack Brown was uh, called, fouled for or, and carded for, right, mm. is like Conor Cleary is making zero effort to play the ball on that point that ball is landing. Well, Aaron Galland did was wrong. It is a second yellow card. You cannot, you cannot say any different. But for me, like, that's the handling. No. Am I am I looking at this with green glasses? Long enough now to know I did, I did, I did, I did. But to be honest about it, you will get away with a certain amount of that. But to me, that was over the top, completely wrestled, arm around the neck. It's a penalty. <laughs> will you go away? Will you? How can you compare the two sentences <laughs> off? Jesus, and stop. Well, well, Jack well, Brown, anyway, persistent fouling. It must be the first fella sent off in this year's league for persistent fouling. Anyway, agreed, agreed. But what did Jack? What did Jack Brown get sent off for? Persistent fouling, I think. Yeah, for an, for an it was an, an arm around Carl O'Neill's neck, which was nowhere as bad as Conor Cleary's one. Like, but look, as I said, that's the way fullbacks play. Do the Limerick boys do the other end of the pitch? Of course they do. But I'm just saying, like, we are because of everything that's gone on in in the limelight now. But I I can't condone what Aaron did was stupid. I'm sure John will be telling him that. Like, you you can't give these guys a reason, like. But TJ, you know now, right? If you were going out to the under-12s, right, down in Killer, Gaddis, Belena, Clare, Castle, Glen Rovers, and the fellas on a yellow car, what would you be telling them? Whatever you do now, don't get another one, like. 
Yeah, and I, and I can't disagree with you there, Mark. The only thing I will say is, and I'm not going to mention any player's name, right? But in the games that I saw over the weekend, right, in Kilkenny and Dublin, right, in Cork and Galway, right, a couple of Galway players, maybe more so than the Cork fellas, right, is if those guys were wearing green jerseys, right, would be calling for cards this morning, Mark. So is the the playing field level? That is the question. It's, Johnny, it's just, just, totally just, just to ask you there, Johnny, like, when you're champions like that, like there's a target on your back. Like, isn't there other teams yeah. are coming up with any way to beat you? Like, and yeah, there's no doubt about it. Like, lads are probably provoking lads, and in other yeah. years, there probably wasn't that element going on. But everything from conceding the puckouts to maybe a little bit more of riling lads up, and they're taking the bait. I'm going to be fair about it here now. I thought Conor Cleary had a great game fullback along with John Conlon at six. I think Brian Lawan, that'd be the first thing he'd be waking up to this morning was saying, I know my three and my six now for the 16th of, well, we don't play the first weekend, but um, but for the Limerick lads, it's it's creating this bit of outside noise now, Sean. We're talking about it here this morning. So yeah. they're saying, I was listening to the boys in the podcast or some other podcast or whatever, and they're on about Limerick discipline. And it's them kind of sideshows are not a help to you. I found that in 98, like that. You know, we were kind of targeted. We weren't as having as much one as Limerick now, obviously. But you know, other teams start to come into play that are sideshows that you don't really need. Probably not, Dale. No, and I, I think that any team that's been successful over the last whatever number of years in any sport, there's 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 an there's an element of rootlessness. Nastiness is probably a strong too strong a word to use, but. Like all the great teams, whether it is in soccer or whether it is in Gaelic football or whether it is in hurling, they just have that little bit of whatever it takes to get over the line. Um, now, I suppose the focus over the last couple of weeks, even outside of inter-county stuff, even Keane Lynch and the Fitzgibbon Cup, I mean, that was ridiculous sending off. But again, it got highlighted, big spotlight stuff. And uh, I did think our old Hagerty's and Aaron's yesterday, you kind of have fellas now saying three sending offs in the last couple of weeks, what's going on in Limerick. But... I don't know. I think that the trajectory that Limerick are on versus other teams at the moment, you look at Wexford with a new manager, Cork with a new backroom team. Okay, Kieran is there for the last couple of years, but they're on a completely different trajectory as well, as far as I'm concerned. So if I was inside the Limerick camp, I'd have been delighted with yesterday's result. Absolutely delighted. It was a poor game. Um, when Dave, uh, Fitzgerald, David Fitz got that score, I'd say anyone that was at a TJ, I'd say the ground just lifted up. They went to point up. Um, uh, Tony TK was buzzing Tony Kelly was buzzing he's one of these marquee players that when he's playing well the whole clear come with him so Limerick were under the cosh there yesterday big time it was 15-14 and for me the score of the game was Dermot Burns way out the field he'd have been disappointed with a few of his late strikes alright but the one that he drew level and then you could see it on camera just giving that signal to calm it down calm it down we're here we'll get there I thought it was a fantastic result for them and if I was John Kelly this morning I'd have said Aaron Look, clearly was hanging off him. I know what TJ is saying. Yeah, clearly was absolutely hanging off him. In a bygone day, what would have happened in the past was a bash ball coming in, a ball coming in on the ground, a fella would have pulled high or maybe pulled a little bit knee high maybe and it would have been classed as a bit of a belt and match and drive on. Do you know that kind of This Glenn Rovers tactics. This the Glenn tactics. There were different you ways. Never, you would never put a stroke like that, Sean, you know. He didn't need that. He'd be just done. <laughs> Well, the one wouldn't even give him a scratch on the knee for God's sake. <laughs> but I think what Aaron did, I could see he was frustrated. He'd been spoken to just beforehand. He shouldn't have double swiped TJ. 
he probably deserved to go. But look, there's a bit of frustration there, and I had a tiny bit of sympathy for him, to be honest. And he's a class player, and I think you're right there. The focus on Limerick now is everything. We spent the last 10, 15 minutes on about them. Hmm. They're on a different trajectory. They got a good result. They got a good draw. Like, all the different tactical stuff that TJ is on about is bang on. The other thing, though, is he said it as well. Their handling was very poor. Gerald Hagerty's handling was poor. Keane wasn't getting it to hand. Um, you know, that sharpness just wasn't there. I'd say no for the next six weeks. It'll be hurling, hurling, hurling. For all the different things and the different tactics that other teams will deploy to try and counteract their brilliance, I think Limerick's hurling has to go up 60 70%. And I've no doubt it will. And when you get Sean Finn back in there, you get a real fit Keane Lynch and Aaron Gillan. You get Gerard Hagerty. Gerard has that tendency in his career to go a little bit streaky and then bang, he can take off. He played in Limerick a couple of years ago, um, the year, uh, in 2019, on Canning got man of the match against Aaron Gillan. Gerard was poor enough. Rob Downey had played well in him. He was a bit streaky at a few wides. But when he gets his groove back, I don't think there's a better player in the game. I'd say all those fellas now will really have a look at themselves for the next six weeks. Mm. And I could see a ferocious Limerick come the middle of April. Big time. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if, if if Kylie said yesterday, lads, go away for a couple of days, do whatever you want. I'll see you towards the night. Championship starts towards the night. And yeah. they have been in heavy training. Like There's no yeah. doubt about that. And that was a tough match yesterday. No matter what you say, lads, Jesus, it was like the law of the jungle at times. Hand passing and steps, our referees are gone obsessed with them. Jesus, there was blatant freeze. There yeah, there was. Pulling and dragging and trips. And, yeah, and, did, did and they have just the one though daily, isn't it? Or daily? Oh, like, they, 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 they got the Shamie Hardy one wrong. Um, you know, you'd have sympathy for the ref because it happened so hard. I, I actually shot um, Shawnee Crowley on uh, Twitter this morning. I thought he made a good point. Um, he was on about maybe that the penalty for a bad hand pass might be a bash ball. No, I, I think there's two mistakes with the hand pass at the moment or two kind of different infringements. If a fella's been bottled up and he's been held and his, his kind of hand passing hand has been held, it's very hard to get that motion off. So I'd have sympathy for a fella when he fouls the ball in that instance. I have no sympathy for a fella when he takes a ball and he gives a quick hand pass. Do you know this kind of one-two motion? Quick throw. No, kind of, that's a throw. Yeah. And even when you're coaching yourself, you'd say to fellas in the drill, when you do the square and you do the hand passing drill, let's get the hand pass right. I think there's two fouls in hand passing at the moment. One of them I have sympathy for, the other I don't. And I think the two of them should be penalised differently. In the huddle where a fella's been bottled up, I actually logged it yesterday. Jason McCarthy, but about 15 minutes to go, his touch was just slightly off. Bang! Keen Lynch and, and um, Will O'Donoghue absolutely swatted him up. He couldn't move. Mm. So his touch was off, he got swallowed up, and he committed a foul. Now, I think he overplayed it at the time. But when a fella is being held up like that, it's very hard to release. I think the penalty in that instance could be for both teams, for the fella that's doing the bottling up and for the fella who's not releasing in time. But the other one is definitely a free then. I think the one where a fella catches it and gives the quick pass and literally throws it, I've no problem with that. Yeah, two things there, Dale. I said I've heard a couple of things where people have said that if you throw it up with one hand, you have to hand pass with the other hand. That definitely won't work because if you're in a tackle situation where one hand is in, you can only hand pass with one hand. And I've also heard one where you can only hand pass off the hurley. That won't work either because you carry the ball into contact. Then you know yourself. Even in the drills, you're teaching guys when you go into contact, you make sure you keep the ball in the hand that free. Then you offload the ball, right? But it, how good? 
let's say people are good to let's dispossess guys, right? If you don't have that hand pass really, really quick, right? That like you don't get a chance to get that motion in. Like they will knock that ball away from you very quick. And teams are training that and and, and in the small sided square, as we said, in the training, where you bring the intensity up, right? Yeah, people might be throwing it in training and stuff, because otherwise you won't get that ball away quick enough. And in training, you probably as a coach you don't want to stop it every single time because then the whole thing just breaks down. So, yeah, it's a ch- it's a challenge in the game, but it's also a challenge to get the calls right. And they're so good at it and so quick at it, that separation. Like, what's the rule saying? Just there has to be separation there. It doesn't have to be any certain length. But, like, these guys are really, really, really good at it now and really slick. So it is How a challenge it, for the officials. The boy showed it last night. There was times when the, the player had his back to the... Referee, he couldn't see what whether it was a touch on it or you know. Um, me having the table I, here is not helping. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I actually think part of what the referees are doing is actually following the hand motion after the hand pass has been made. If it's a kind of a looping forward one, they're kind of more inclined to blow that. Whereas I think if you just <clears throat> pam it and don't follow through, that possibly it looks different. Um, it's impossible for a referee at the moment to see whether there is separation or not. I think they're making some of it up from from how they're viewing where the hand, what happens with the hand after there's a contact with the slitter. Um, the biggest question is whether it's going to be carried through into the championship. So, I mean, I, I'm not for hand, handing the ball off to Hurley or any of that. Like, it just it just needs to be a little bit more evident that there was a bit of clean contact. And I think if you look at most of the stuff that's highlighted in the television, there nearly always is a separation with the slitter from the hand. Yeah. I was going to say, Mark, do, do, do you know the way in, in the league every year does it does a focus, let's say, on one particular thing, yeah. whether it's a strike and a hidden helmet or whatever. I think right. the coaches will be picking up on this come championship because you won't want to give away a cheap free with a poor hand pass. So I do think that there will be a tweak on both sides. Maybe the referees won't be as picky, but I think the coaches will be aware of this as well. And I think that they might be trying to make sure you get that, what definitely looks like separation in so the referee can't give a cheap free away. Is there any chance, chance, Shani, that if we change the law, what happened this year, that the hand pass off the hurley is the only hand pass you can give, right? Is there any chance the game would return to a bit more? You get it and you clear it down the field and another 50-50 tussle for the ball. And would that have, I, I've done, I'm trying to weigh it up. Like I'm trying to... Like in Parnell Park on Saturday night, it's just so frustrating. The play is going on. There's a few hard hits. Some fella gives a hand pass or a throw. I don't know. Potter Dwyer sees it as a throw. He blows it. I'm inclined to think at this stage they're like the lads in the speed vents. They have to catch X amount. <laughs> uh, at the moment, like, and we're well, being told, like, I've been chit chatting to a few referees, and they're they're saying, for come hell or high water, this has been forced in the championship. It's a blight on the game, throwing the ball. So, like, for me, like, the, it's no fun going watching the games anymore. Like, the crowd are but, exasperated. But that's the question then, Dale, you, you'll take the contact out of the game if, if you go off to Hurley only, because the player, he just won't be able to go into contact if he knows he can't hand pass off his hand. He just won't be able to do it. Will he hit the ball yeah. down the field then? Very possible. Possibly. The, the only would it be thing nice is, to see it back? It, it, it would, Dale. Oh, yeah. It would be a more direct game. The only thing is, um, I think it's an underestimated skill in the game as well. Um, like the best hand passer of the game ever that I saw was DJ, probably from his hand, hand potting days. He could nearly hand pass it as long as a strike. 
Um, a great goal on Sunday night or Saturday night was John Donnelly. He was only on the field two minutes. The easy option would have been to clip it over. He was on a quick solo run and a brilliant hand pass to Mossy Kuhn. So I think to look at it in isolation and say, with the rocky stuff and the frustration, the other parts to a hand pass that to me are the best pieces, say, are going in on a solo run and a hand pass. Jamie Hardy's one on Saturday night where he changed hands. Remember, DJ used that as well. Solo one on your left hand. Flicking that hurley, that's an unbelievable skill. Flicking the hurley onto your left hand and then hand passing off the opposite hand. He passed the ball into Sean Toomey and then Martin came off and made a great save. Great or Murphy, is it? it was a great save. But no, like I know what you're saying, but I, I'd rather see it see it be policed, maybe penalised in different ways. But I certainly wouldn't be for getting rid of the hand pass because I think it's a fantastic skill. And the onus, as TJ said, is maybe in the training ground for coaches to coach it better. And if it's breaking down in the drill, um, you know, to stop it. Like, I, you won't believe this now. You might laugh at this. I'm, I'm training a hockey team at the moment. <laughs> I don't believe you, right? And I am laughing at it. But, uh, is it by I'm, the girls? I'm You're training. You've the Black Rock Road now. I'm training Ashton's on the 14 hockey team, all right? And we were beaten by Gary Duff 9-2 on Saturday, right? So we <laughs> nearly as bad as United. <laughs> <laughs> but we trained on Sunday, right? And you're not allowed to kick the ball in hockey, right? No, I should have known that before I took up the team because I was coaching them for the last couple of weeks to kick the ball. <laughs> but when we went back in training on Sunday, it's weird. I spent the whole session doing nothing but making sure they didn't kick the ball. You know that kind of way. Now, I know this might be a brilliant example, but all <laughs> Sunday mornings was, stop kicking it, stop kicking it. And maybe at some stage when they go back hurling training, these coaches will just make sure that they get the hand pass right. But, Johnny, you're like every Gaelic football coach in the country. Like, What's stop that? Kicking it. You're like every Gaelic football coach in the country. Stop kicking it. Actually, <laughs> on the kick. Can I bring up another one? Can I bring up another one on the kick? Did you see um, Paddy Purcell's goal for Leash and Antrim? Yeah. What made that goal was his kick. He he missed the first two picks and his kick yeah. was a beautiful cushion pass on. And that's another skill in hurling. Mm. And Keen Lynch remember, did it as well in Ennis. Remember he what, lost his hurling yeah. did it? Yes. Yeah. He was a great soccer player. And, 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 yeah. and a number years ago we was played a shinty. Oh, yeah. We was go over and we, we 97 we went to Oban. We won that trip, TJ. We went to Oban well, in '97. I, 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 I only played Shinty in Galway. I didn't play. Yeah. I, I didn't make. I didn't make the away trip. We, I yeah, in I was in Inverness, yeah. and a Limerick man <laughs> made a comment in Inverness Airport on the way home, and myself and the Sparrow got another night in Dublin out of it. Security, security weren't too impressed. They didn't realise he was saying it. Now it was an innocent remark. But, uh, we were held up for about two hours, so we missed the connecting flight to Shannon. Oh, never yeah. look a gift. Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Like had to ring Martin really? coffee in the bank. Mark said, "You won't believe Martin." I says, "The flight was delayed coming from Inverness, so I won't be in tomorrow." <laughs> coffee, to be fair, like wouldn't he wouldn't screw you for one? Yeah, like I don't any no, I was just thinking, I, I lost my train of thought to know why I brought it up. When they <laughs> modified the shinty and hurling games, remember they made it a kind of hybrid. Mm. The hurler wasn't allowed pick it and catch it. He was allowed catch it out of the air. Um, and the other change was that the hurler 
wasn't allowed to kick it. Yeah. And there was a load of fouls. And I think kicking, I think kicking and hurling is a is a non it's a, it's, it's a great skill as well, like the hand pass. So I'd be for getting the hand pass right more so than eradicating it and getting out of the game. But what I will say about that, no, we, we have to move on from the hand pass. We gave it no time last week, so and I suppose it was more topical than last week, but we got bogged down with all the, the big games. Um, like, I don't see any reason, though, why John Donnelly couldn't have hand-passed that ball off the hurley. Do you know what I mean? He had broken inside. Okay. He, he could. He was so on. All he had to do was that offload to Martin Keown. And, you'd, like, and DJ, if you remember, because I was close enough to be a witness, a good few of them, who did hand-pass an awful lot of those ones off the hurley. He, yeah. he was deadly at that. Like, he'd be so on, and he'd just let... Like that, he'd catch it with his left hand on top, left hand on the hurley, throw it up, and the right hand, of course, he was a brilliant handballer, obviously, an Ireland yeah. champion, world champion. But I, I think that would be still there, and the hand-pass would be available to you. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm wondering, does this go into contact the whole time and lay off? And is making football out of hurling an awful lot... <laughs> Would this bring back a bit of the old hip to hip and mano mano? Possibly. There was a time when you could hand pass the ball into the net. How many goes, how many all are in the muster files were won from fellas almost permanent like that? So, like, plenty of goals. Yeah. Um, So, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Definitely the rocks and all that are definitely stifling the game and it's frustrating. No, counter that to. Like the Waterford and, and um, the tip game was really attritional. The first 15 minutes, it was ferocious, heavy contact stuff. But wasn't the Cork and Galway game? Just Jimmy Harnley had nearly six or seven seconds at one stage to score in the first half. Well, it, was, it was zero, Mark. It was a believable open, wasn't it? But I, I, I'm going to make, <clears throat> and I was going to come back to TJ's point earlier on about um, I actually think the size of the fields have a bit to play in this now as well. Okay, so. I, I think you may have to adjust your thinking when you're going to a Welsh park or you're going to a party quiz or a Tullus or a Cusick park, right? I know Daly will tell me the Cusick park is as big as Tullus, but it just doesn't feel that way when you're in the ground, right? It feels a lot tighter. And certainly in party quiz, we all know that there's vast, it's, it's vast, it looks huge, like, and there's a way more space in it. I think Limerick will actually prosper an awful lot better when they go into a bigger pitch, I think they will be able to get their game plan going, their um, their possession game, and they're very good at finding a man in space. So pitch, I think that the pitch is, a is the same it. size as Torless. As I was going to say, yeah, you were going to make that argument. I just said it feels different. You're going to tell me what? You're going to tell me which park is the same? No, but I can tell you this. I one. don't know. I don't know Maybe. about which park. I can. T- I'll meet you. We'll go over. Click me here. We'll go over. We'll get out our roller. We'll do Simple Stadium, we'll do Cusick Park, and then we'll go for a couple of pints, the two of us, and we can agree that it's the same site. And, you, and you're not going to bring TJ with you? Yes, this is the road trip. This is the road trip of all road trips. We're going we're gonna to measure the pictures. Measure the pictures, yeah. I don't drive. I can be the designated driver. Okay, <laughs> you don't drink. Johnny's doing the driving so. I'm shotgun. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. Before, we, before we get away from it, I think one or two other things about the game. Credit to Clare. They have a couple of nice players. Um, Shane Mean is a lovely inside forward. One or two really, really nice influences on in the game. 
I think the decision to disallow David Fitz's goal was a poor decision. I thought she said it was marginal last night. I thought it was a no-brainer. I thought it was a definite goal. Even live at the time, like you could see David Fitz running from, from, from deep. And they created two decent goal chances in the second half, again, like as opposed to Limerick, who didn't threaten the goal at all. So I would say definitely positives for Lohan there. I know the boys are coming back. And the last point I'm going to make is, is that from Clare's point of view, they had Peter Duggan in a one-on-one for a nice piece of that second half there, certainly the last 10 minutes, and they didn't really use him. No, I don't know if he, if he would have been able to pick a ball off Dan Morrissey or not, because they were picking each other up. It was a one-on there, and they didn't decide to use it. But definitely options there for him. Tony Kelly, there was flashes of him. I know he had a couple of wides there in the second half, which he'd normally bang over, but he still scored um, 11 points in three from play. So definitely coming back to his best. So definitely from Lawrence's point of view, There'll be a fair test in the park during the summer, or I would say during April and May, for sure. Yeah, and uh, two matches in Torlis, two matches in Innes, TJ. It's very straightforward, Clare's campaign. And uh, I liked a lot of what I saw now yesterday. I was only listening, but for me, like David Fitzgerald, David McInerney, with all the experience he has, Jason McCarthy, that's the best I've seen out of them fellas in a couple of years, maybe three years. They're capable of that. They are top-class inter-county players, but for some reason, they haven't been given it or we haven't been getting it out of them. And I'd say that's the biggest thing for Brian. He he won't tolerate lads not putting it in. And these fellas have been left out of the 26s now. And maybe the message is sinking in now that if I want to be playing in the first round of the Munster Championship, I have to stand up and, and deliver. And those three stood up and delivered yesterday. And, and they were all in that combat zone, which is huge against Limerick. And for me, that's my biggest take out of it from a Clareman's point of view, that we can, we've all our players back. We mightn't have the depth that a Watford or possibly a Cork have, even a Limerick, but we have as good of 18, 19 guys as anyone in Munster. Limerick being ahead of the posse, or so we've said all along. And we still allow that from. I still think there's a reason there'd be even money favourites or they were 8 to 13. But I don't think clear of anything to fear from anybody else in Munster. No, and you have one exceptional player in That's Tony it. Kelly. That's it. He's the whole lot. He's unbelievable. Like he's just and like even his introduction just from last weekend to this weekend, you can see the performance levels have increased significantly. Yeah. So yeah. he's a key man in your setup, Anthony going forward. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And look, good good optimism around. Last time, I know Limerick, we're probably saying Limerick didn't win. And yet, from a Claremont's point of view, I'm kind of delighted. And I'd say Sean, what you said as well, Shani, like, you know, Kylie be kind of half happy as well. Things are beginning to, you know, to stop the rot of the defeats. And mm-hmm. look, we leave that one there. We go back to Saturday, lads. Um, I was in Parnell. I was doing the co commentary. Tough enough game to co commentate on. As you know, TJ, when you're co commentating, you'd, you'd like a bit of a, a contest and you. you you're trying to get excited yourself to build it up for the viewer at home and then it just fades out. And I'll tell you, lads, disappointed as I was with Dublin, maybe it's just one of those dog Dublin nights that I've often referred to. Didn't turn up at all, looked leggy, whatever was going on, training, whatever looked. I know, I know not Donald being out was a huge blow just before the off. But lads, I was impressed with the stripey men. I, tell mm. you, I was impressed when you think about what has to come back as well. I just thought maybe we were beginning to say, well, well, will they be in the tree in Leinster? I came, I came out, I walked back down as far as Fairview because it was impossible to get a taxi or could have jumped on a couple of buses. And I said, yeah, I'll keep walking. I said, and I missed the first 15, 20 minutes of the Cork Galway game as a result. But geez, I was impressed with him, lads. There was a lot to like. Walter, Parik, Walsh, centre forward. Mossy Keown. I like Billy Ryan. 
And then this David Blanchfield has wing back on Sutcliffe as well, like who has been Dublin's star man in, in a great run winning the World Cup and the first few rounds of the league. Hugh Lawler, outstanding at fullback. And Paddy Deegan then sitting in the pocket, like, I mean, like when you consider what's not there, and they, they, they'll be, they'll have a say, lads. Okay. Well, everything about Kilkenny at the moment is for the last maybe two or three years being said is that ah they're not as good as what was there before you know the talent isn't there compared to what have you said there the talent that's there is as good as any other intercounty I mean comparatively yes they don't have Henry or they don't have Jackie Turrell and they don't have Tommy Walsh and these guys but I'll tell you something that lad Butler isn't too bad in the corner um, DJ's lad outside is a good player Um Blanchfield, like like what they have is defenders that can really defend. Um, I suppose a lot of the modern defenders um, are very mobile, athletic, and like to come up the field. Um, like Blanchfield, from his strikes and the scores he got, he wasn't really motoring up the field from midfield or up towards half forward. They were just big, open to shoulder, massive strikes from the half back line. Um, but for me, yeah, they were one of the best goalkeepers in the game. And then they have six really teak, tough defenders. And they've got, I suppose, no standout forward, but hard-working forwards that all play for each other with a bit of class. And then the, the likes of, obviously, Wally Walsh, who's just incredible and eerily just a monster. So, yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're, they're going to be a hard nut to crack during the summer, but they're going to be very... Or during the spring, summer, <laughs> the early yeah. season, obviously. But, um, yeah, they were very impressive. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, didn't see it, I didn't see it again... Sorry, I didn't see the game day long, but I was listening to it on the radio. I was traveling actually to a, to a, a removal, and um, Shane McGrath was the on one thing that Shane McGrath kept saying mm. on the radio was the fact that Donald Buck and Danny Sutcliffe were so back from goals, and the Dublin full forward line was star for possession. And when you look at it at the end of the game, you had Ronan Hayes taken off and Mellet taken off, and this is the typical syndrome of the corner forward syndrome. Uh, we take off the corner forward, but he's got no supply of ball. And that, to me, is one of the issues. The other thing I would say is that, um, and I presume you might touch on it later on, is that I think there was a backlash to the tragedy uh, over the weekend uh, of Henry's brother, Paul, uh, that passed away. And in typical Kilkenny fashion, they came out fighting for their men, as they always do. And I would have been one of the fellas last week that would have said that I thought Kenny were going, maybe would struggle to get into the tree. I do think there was, um, I want to pass on my sympathies, obviously, to the family. You might come back to that in a while. But um, I, I think, like, I have great, tremendous respect for Kilkenny, as you know. And, and for the last two or three years, while this podcast is on, I'd be always in the Kilkenny camp. And um, I think certainly that performance on Saturday night was born on, Part of it was born on the tragedy, I think, that, that, that befell um, Belly Hale and Kilkenny and the Shefflin family in particular on Saturday night. But um, I'd have to say Dublin also then, having not seen it, but listen to Shane McGrath, their forwards were starved of the ball. Main, like Danny Sutcliffe and Donald Brock are two very, very good forwards. They seem to be an awful lot taken out of the game or, or way back out of the action. You look. You were at the game. You saw that for me, but I, I don't. I don't really have anything more to say on it, really. To be honest with you. Yeah, I'd say. I'd say. Right, you're you're on point. I'd say, Mark, with it. And look, on behalf of us all on the Irish Examiner podcast, we just extend our sympathies to the Absolutely, Sheffield yeah. family, Tifa, and the children, and and to extend it. 
Shefflin family um, losing a husband, a, a father, or a son, a brother. Um, you know, and uh, by all accounts, an awful sound, a gentleman completely. Uh, Eric Flynn is on the Clarecastle management. We, we would have played Fitzgibbon with Paul. I think they might have shared a house as well for a while. That you could not meet a nicer guy, like you know. So, yeah, just you know, doing everything right out for a run on a Friday, and and, and your life is cut short like that. So, look, I think it overshadowed a lot at the weekend, but I, I, I got a bit of that, and um, as well, Mark watching the warm ups. I thought Kilkenny were desperate focused in the warm up, like whoever was doing the taking the warm up, I don't know, it was it James McGarry or Gorta, one of them, I, I must find out that, but God, they moved from section to section to section all in union you know and i thought dublin were scattered at the other end first of all i was arriving into the ground at five to four there was dublin players trying to get parking the kenny bus was parked and they were all out pucking on the field in their tracksuits i was saying <laughs> and i haven't predicted dublin to win in the paper like i'm saying mm, can i kick back that article there and write it again yeah then you hear about yeah. on o'donnell as well and you know so good look yeah i dublin a couple of things with dubs the unforced errors were unreal no that Sometimes comes back to dog him. I don't know why. Set up, yeah. Ron and Hayes, like he, I think he got two points, if not three, from play. In fairness to him, for what he was faced with, it was an awful return, like because mm. there was no space there, like there was no room. He Lawler on top of him, and he digging in front of him, and like for, for that. But I, I also think with the dubs, rotating your goalie every second match. I don't think that's a good policy. I'm no. all for having your number one in goal. And Alan Nolan will know this from my time up there. Gary Maguire was my number one. Nolan was my number two for most of the six years. I but I'd always give him a crucial league game. Do you know? I'd decide just to keep him sharp and keep him tuned in. But I wouldn't tell him which league game he was getting. But this this thing of rotating your goalies every second match, I don't think it does much for your defence. Even puck outs now are so strategic, TJ. You have to be in sync, really, with who's the number one, don't you? Well, he's a, he's a hugely important uh, figure in every hurling team now because he just has so many puck outs and free puck, pucks of the ball. And just on the record of goalies, uh, Dale always, you got your own Murphy call wrong. I'm sure plenty of people reminded you that he only caught the ball twice and you yeah. and the rest of the crowd. Well, that well Murphy just, reminded so, you know, me anyway. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. Um, no fear he was up supporting his team. He was watching television. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Murphy. Two, <laughs> two or three things for me in the game. Dublin were very poor. Uh, again, as you said, they're unforced errors. Uh, defensively, they weren't at the races. To me, I thought it started last year, but Kilkenny are definitely using the ball smarter than they have done in the past. They were the old traditional where you lumped it and you expected fellas to win their own ball. Like You could see very clearly they're getting the head up, they're moving the ball through the lines very well when they have to. And even Blanchfield there for one of the scores, he's clearly looking for an out ball and he only can shoot maybe as the last option. Um, the other thing is, Padraig Walsh, potentially a game-changer for Kilkenny. He's been a revelation since he's moved to centre-forward. The energy he brings scores from play. And their centre line is definitely taking nice shape with Lawler, Paddy Deacon at 6, Padraig Walsh at 11. Are we looking at possibly TJ at 14 and being left at 14? Left that's what Left there, yeah. That's what, that's what it looks like. And just on Kilkenny, it look, it's looking like they'll have six forwards from, potentially, Padraig Walsh. Owen Cody, Adrian Mullen, TJ Reid, Billy Ryan, Massey Keown, John Donnelly, Wally, who's been rejuvenated and getting scores, um, like Alan Murphy, possibly another option as well, right? That's nine or ten forwards all of a sudden, which is feeding back into Cody, where you know he left them champion at the base, all fighting for their place. So it looks like as if, yeah, something nice is coming together there with a nice team.
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and I'd say watch that space. It'd be interesting to see what what approach Watford take in two weeks' time. Do you know, um, but they're going well. But sticking with Saturday night, I missed the first twenty minutes. Obviously, um, walking around in North North Dublin City, uh, trying to get a taxi. But uh, um, you, you're going well, Corkonians. Um, it was a funny old match. I'd say also overshadowed lads by the the tragedy that had unfolded the previous day. With the Galway lads, I thought, you know, Richie O'Neill spoke well afterwards and that, but I just thought, was there a case for maybe this match going back a week? Just imagine Galway players finding that out. On, on, uh, I know they only get to know Henry as well, but you know, he's such an iconic figure in the game. And um, Yeah, I just thought it was a funny match, as you said, Johnny, the space and like Ronan Glennon got five points from playing midfield in a losing Last by what five or six points? So you're saying who's marking him, lads? In the cock, but look, it's cock true now, anyway. And things are going well, really liking Daryl O'Leary, lads. Really think he has the, the tough for a young lad now. He, he has a bit of everything, I think. And we've 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 heralded Joyce on this show anytime he's been on. Like, I think this O'Leary, I don't think he'd be playing under 20s this year, lads. No, he's a good lad. Um, <coughs> I was with Is our Johnny, huh? Is he the last piece of the jigsaw, the fullback? Um, it's definitely been a, a problematic spot, I suppose, or we've had sort of makeshift fullbacks, if you want to call. Um, now, I know The Rock in his day, he was placed in the forward for Klein, but he was a real fullback. Um, and over the last number of years, Cork have had fellas in there that maybe with their clubs or even with Cork and league games could rotate between halfback or fullback. Um, <clears throat> no, O'Leary himself can play out the field as well. He played minor in '19. I was with John Constantine and he played out the field. But he's teak tough, he's strong, and um, TJ he was not a good player. <laughs> he was one of the best forwards in the game, in fairness, in, in Connor Whelan. And I think Connor only got a point. Now he was busy when he went in a few times, Connor, but a lot of the ball he got, he was way out the field. He could do very little with it, really. But O'Leary was good. Yeah, he was good. He was teak tough. Um, and he's 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 solid. I, like yeah, the game. It was a funny kind of a game. It was a great atmosphere. It was a big crowd there. I think, Daley, you're on point, all right. Like, <clears throat> it probably could have gone back. It probably could have gone back a week or so. And even though even though Gal were beaten, and probably well beaten, they still scored well. Glennon scored. I thought Tom Monaghan was very busy right half forward. Gavin Lee got two or three lovely little points. 18 um, wides as well. Huh? 18 wides. They had a lot of wides, yeah. And sloppy wides. Connor Cooney towards the end. His frees were good, but they were kind of shooting outside a little bit when it would have been wiser to maybe recycle. They just did seem to lack a bit of zip. Um, but from, from Cork's perspective, they can only play what's in front of them. Um, their game plan, they're gone fierce patient. Um, they're going across the field. Um, they're going backwards if they have to. Uh, cameoed by Patrick Harwell's first score from play where it was ping-ponging for a while. Um, <clears throat> the arms waited until Hoggy was really free one-on-one -on -one inside. And then the crossfield ball came in. He won it and he slipped it over. So I'd say that's very much, Shamark would know, very much the sort of Pat Mull, Noel Furlong influence, particularly Pat Mull, I'd say, from the Newtown days. Pat would never be a fan of corner flag stuff. Um, I'd say very much recycle, recycle, best man in best position. To be honest, it can be a hard watch at times <laughs> when it's going cross field. Um, but I get it. I mean, the game has changed and it's about finding space, creating space, playing it to the best man. Um, and Cork got that down to a tee. They got a great goal and they scored well again. They're, they're not 26, 25, 26 points which has been their average all, all season. So they're scoring well. So at the moment, yeah, it's flowing. But 
I still think there's a bit to go yet. I wouldn't be getting terribly OTT with it yet, but at the moment it's good. Yeah, we're very, very happy with progress. Happy, Marco? Yeah, um, I suppose for me on Saturday night, it remained at three or four points for most of the game. And I felt the cock were probably six or seven points about a team on the night. I agree with you that um, Galway missed a couple of uh, scorable chances and didn't put cock to the sword or didn't bring it down to maybe a point or, you know, put a squeeze on them really. That three or four points stayed between the teams. But I cock had an awful lot of possession, Anthony. And for me, if you are serious contenders uh, for the All-Ireland, um, you'd want to be putting a bit of distance in the amount of possession that they had on Saturday night. The other factor I felt was that three or four occasions presented themselves for goals and the players were happy enough to tap the ball over the bar. Um, the only instant where I thought late in the game when Hannity went through, he could have tapped the ball, but he didn't. He actually, you know, he was he was probably straight in front of the goals and he went straight at it. But there was a number of occasions where we said, Robbie and Jack O'Connor, and like they have blistering pace. And I just go back to a couple of incidents down through the years, and, and the one that sticks out to me is the Tipperary, Tipperary against Cork a couple of years ago. One of the players in the corner could have put the ball over the bear. John McGrath, someone pulled away, and it was a cross three ball came straight into his hand, bang, back at the net. And I think for Cork, if Cork got to win, you know, and, and maybe get win in All Ireland, I think they'll have to score two or three goals because I don't think any team will allow them, when it really gets into the melting pot of championship, that they won't allow them to run at them. Like they have, Cork have gone with pace. There's no point in saying otherwise. And from their half-back line, right up along the line, right, they have they have a huge amount of pace. They have players coming on the shoulder and they're coming at flat out and all of, there's just a pop pass to them and they're taking it on and bre- breaking that line and getting the score. So... Um, I'm a full full agreement with Shani. You know, there's there's nothing done yet, but it is much improved from from the past, I suppose. And um, the other thing I suppose I would say is that when it breaks down, it doesn't look good. It's very frustrating. And I, I thought that there was a, sometimes there was an over elaboration on the ball, but that's that's only been really picky. I thought the attitude, and I would pick out Patrick Horgan. I thought Patrick's. Hargan's application for the last number of games I've seen has been excellent. And he, you know, he's been a very, very good player for the last number of years. But his this year's performances, he has added a new thing to his game. He is really, really working hard. And he has very good pace as well. So um I think overall it would be happy enough. And you know, when you looked at the group at the start of the season, the likes of Galway and, and Limerick, I suppose, inside their players, well, you know, Dela, but like it was a hard group to try and come out of, but they've qualified um, with a game to spare. So, you know, I suppose momentum is their way, but they've got to go down to well, to go down to uh, Wexford Park now and see, you know, whether they want to be top of the table or not, because that, that game will decide that. And, you know, I but probably Waterford will probably come out the other side. I think Waterford might top the other side. Oh, so, yeah. you know, top first, first and second, but they cross over in the in the two leagues. So you for, could from have a, from, um, from a Cork point from a Cork point of view, you'd rather a league semi final against Dublin probably than facing into Waterford. I, I think so. Yeah, I, I think yeah. so. Yeah, and like even for the neutral out there, 
I think, you know, and, and Shani, we, we would have played the 98 league final against Waterford, 45,000 people in, in a sweltering hot day. And it was a huge game for us as a young team and probably made the team Anthony too, because we had a huge amount of young lads playing that time. And I think um, it's something similar this this time around. And I, I do think, I, I think it might be to cut down for later on in the season that they, they get to a league final. We've seen that already. We discussed this the last of 98, where, where we would have had a good ro- 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 winning OV in the semi-final. And then four or five weeks later, you came back and you, you bet the lad out of us. So I, I think there's, there's signs of that happening again. And that's where having a big panel is very important. Limerick now, in, in a fortnight's time, will be able to go away and shut themselves away from everybody, whereas the likes of the, the Cox and the Waterfords and other teams are going to be in a semi-final of the league and final, maybe. Um, there'll be a lot of focus on that, on that, whereas Limerick will come to Cork on the first, that first weekend. And, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be a sitting duck, I suppose, is really what it is. But, um, look, well, we'll, we'll take a couple of victories. We had a couple of victories at the moment, like, but you know, yeah, we are forewarning, you know, like you know that that Limerick will be coming with a head of steam. But I still think if there's a national league medal to be got, there's none of those players on the cock panel have one now, and they should avail of the opportunity if it presents itself. I'd say the way you're going, Mark, but the deal is that the league is done and dusted with their playing day, doesn't it? It's it's, it's over, like they're they're the best team in the league. I Um, know a man who is a tiny little. um, I know a man that has a tiny little accumulator, six euro fifty. I won't mention his name now, but he has whoever won the African Nations Cup up. He has wait till I see now. Oh Jesus, I can't. Oh, he has Belly Gunner up to win the All Ireland Club. He did did this now last year. He he's waiting anyway for about five k for Watford to win the league. So he's a bit of a sweat on for six euro fifty. I saw the cash out. He sent me the docket. It is a substantial cash out now for your six euro fifty. But you'd nearly be saying, "Hang on to it." But come here, yeah, Shani. I suggested maybe. Um, yeah, before, that, before um, ask, Shani, can, can I ask Marco one question? Mm. When Hoggy scored, when Hoggy scored a goal, right? Fucking come to you. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Was he was he getting a jewel there, Marco? No, Shani might know better. Club mate, like. Yeah. Who, who, yeah, who, Johnny, what who, was that about? Hoggy, the fellas, the fellas, yeah, well, the fellas, they're giving out about him, yeah, yeah. It's a I suggested maybe impact sub might be the role this year, like Larry is saying there, ever since Dale <laughs> retired him, like in the comments yeah. section, yeah. It's a, it's a hard one, isn't it? I'd say it was, um, I'd say it was probably geared towards management. Oh, will you I text would... him there and find out? I, I would say that he wouldn't like to talk, I'd say, the last couple of weeks about this impact sub stuff um, and a bit part role. So I'd say... We started I've, that here. Oh, did she? I tell you how often I listen to you. That was Mark. That was Mark. That's what I was saying. Come here to me. With all these young lads, would there be an evolution <laughs> in a certain age now, Hoggy? So I, I kind of felt like, him, it yeah. like, you know, when I saw it. There was a tent they used to do the wave years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Dermot Burns and Innes. Like, I think he, yeah. all the shouting and roaring was going on behind him when I could take, like, Lohan and the boys in the clear bench were animated when the last free was given. And Burns, he turned back. Love watching Burns hurling, you have to say. Like, he's always, he's always can. Like, he just turns back and kind of goes, 
Cam Don, lads. Cam Don. It's only the league. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, and he's yeah, Hoggy was giving it to someone anyway. Well, yeah. Sorry, Hoggy, if we offended you there. We always have admired you <laughs> on this show. Like, you know, so look, um, there's uh, no, no problem there. The work rate, as you but said, Mark. Are, be... I, I'd love to see Mark Keane facing the ball. I haven't forgot yeah. about him. We, we spent 10 minutes on him there a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, I forgot to mend him. We have a fullback, yeah. but I wouldn't mind seeing him in the corner. Mm. Oh, his size, his pace, yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to see him playing now. I think well, it's ideal day now to have a look at that. Maybe the next day. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see him playing in the fullback line. Sean, I don't know who's one position nailed down, and there's about three fellas that scout them around for the other two positions. I'd like to see Matt Kane's name put in it. I, I, I think he's better facing the ball, and I think he's a good, decent holder. Okay. Kieran, I like, 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 I Two good kind of fifty-five minute performances in a row, Clare and Wexford. Definitely hard to get up to the speed of this level when you're coming from where they're coming from, but learning all the time, I'd say. Yeah, hundred percent. And like, like it does take time. Like to, to, once, you, once you get back up there, because you you find out very quick against the better teams, they punish you for goals. But certainly, I think it was there in fifty-five minutes. Like they were fully in the game. Mm. Um, that's exactly what they want. And, and and look to build on, you know. Um, I, I suppose they, they probably have a tough enough fixture coming, and we'd like to think here in Limerick that we will beat them in the last round of the league. And I suppose that, from Offaly's point of view, then that potentially, like they they, they would have a big game coming on the track. But yeah, I would say at the start of the league, you would have said that that he would probably struggle early doors. It's going to take a bit of time. Their players are improving, and you know I'm hearing good things about their underage as well. Like their under 17 team is supposed to be very cool, and that's what they'll need. And you know Mike Finley's doing a great job. You see the shape of them, the way they're going about their business. Look very structured and very organised. Now they will continue to improve. No doubt about that, yeah. It's looking like it's looking like themselves and Antrim. No, I'm I'm presuming. They'll both lose their last matches, right? We might have to eat our words there. I know, but it is looking like they'll meet in, yeah. in the league playoff to go back to 2A, right? Now, they'll also be having a massive Joe McDonough game in a few weeks. I wonder, I wonder which is the bigger game, lads, in terms of development for both counties. Fair, It's a fair tinker, thinking one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, you win the, you I win the Joe McDonough, fair enough. You're up into the Leinster Championship, but like that's tough going as well. You're meeting Galway, Kilkenny, mm. Wexford, the Dubs. Like, is it better to be in one Division One of the league next year and stay in Joe McDonough and learning more and didn't win in your Joe McDonough the following year? Definitely. I think yes, Definitely. yes, for me, Dale. I, do you know what? Yeah. I think it'll be a very harsh on either side because like teams have played very well. Like Antrim have been very good in the league. You know what I mean? Like I, I know you can say, look, it's about results at the end of the day. And hopefully are definitely steadily improving, improving. So it'd be a terrible kind of end of league for whichever team has to drop to two way. Just, just, just not nice. Yeah. And like, it, like it's tough yeah. on Antrim. I'm going to say this, like you can't blame Cheddar and, and his players. They focused in. There was one game that yeah. to win in that division to keep them in division one. But like the trimming they got from Watford, and you still think Neil McManus had a penalty to draw with Watford, possibly the farm team in the country at the moment. 
and Nitic just can't get over leash at the moment. Same in the championship playoff last year. But they've been consistent, but it's tough, isn't it, when you lose out like that. I'm not taking away from Leash at all now. Leash hurled very no. well with 14 men for a long, long period of that game, you know, and did some huge performances. They had, but they are like Antrim will have Antrim will have to be kicking themselves to leave this happen to them because the same thing happened to them again last year. But they knew the stakes that were involved yesterday. They knew going down to Port Leash, they knew Leash's more. Modus operandi will be one game. Let's just give us one game, one sixty, seventy minutes, right, and we'll get the result that we need to stay up. Then when Mark Kelly gets sent off after what twenty minutes, you're saying to yourself, "Okay, we are going to get this." Then they level up with two minutes to play. They get a sixty-five and they hit the sixty-five. And in fairness, Dean McManus has been brilliant for them. What was ah? He's been brilliant, but he's been brilliant all, all through, to be fair to him. Um, but that 65 was a critical one. And Jesus, he got another chance from play straight after it, and he didn't nail either of the two of them. And just that just tells you the pressure that's on Phyllis. Because if you're if you're in the interim management um, and you're down Gleason, you're saying to yourself, at least it has fallen to the right fella. We got our opportunity. And we still didn't take it. And yeah. it must be gutting, to be honest with it, because like they were forewarned, like they knew it was coming for them. Mm. And they should they should have been able to see it out because they've had a couple of tremendous performances in the league, you know. And um mm. there was a forty-five points. If the draw if the draw had occurred, Mark, they were forty-five points score difference ahead That's of right. the leash. Like That's right. yeah. and you were saying it was looking like a draw right at the death, and they didn't take the chances and Leash got the one chance and took it. And credit to Leash, you have to learn to, to see out those ones. And I suppose, Marco, yourself and Charlie, great atmosphere in Welsh Park. You got in free again, of course. Um, if you fell out of Burton's window, you'd lend them a suit. But um, <laughs> one twenty-eight, TJ, you listed off a possible forward line or uh, forward selection for Kilkenny there. Waterford lads down, Austin. Desi, Parik Mahoney, Jamie Barron, Caleb Lines, and could still be tip ten points in 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 uh, Walsh Park yesterday. How impressed are you, Marco? God, I, I, no, I, we're no, all no. getting seriously impressed. I think. Yeah. Now, before I get to the match, there were six thousand people at the match, and myself and Charlie were struggling to get a seat, but we saw a damsel in distress, right, with, a, with just one seat beside her, so. We said, is there any chance we might be able to squeeze in there with Charlie So we did. So Charlie started chatting her up anyway and said to her, um, where are you from? <laughs> she says, I'm from Tipperary. So I picked up the ball and I said, Jesus, you must have someone playing. She says, I do, she said. So she then told me that Brian Hogan was her son. Mm. So the balls fall into place. Ken Hogan's wife, a guest on this podcast, has many occasions. Myself and Charlie happened to be sitting beside her. There were 6,000 other people that we could have been sitting beside. So just thank you very much for the cookies at the end of the game, the homemade cookies. Charlie was delighted with them, and I was thrilled. And we had a great, we had a great old chat now, I must say. And uh, I said to her, the first thing you need to do now when you hop into the car on the way back with Ken is ask him how is he getting on with the fantasy home. <laughs> <laughs> because when my man Stevie Bennett was after scoring 116 and he's captain of the fantasy team, I said, 
Whoa, baby! It's going to be a good weekend. Yeah. I was listening to the Clear game and I was just checking the score app. And you know, to give the scorers as well in the big games, like, and all I could see was S Binet, S Binet, S Binet. <laughs> this is over like this. Is cruelty. Yeah. 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 Uh, what so, did he get? About 80 um, points he scored for you, but double, did he? 80 points. That, that's his second time doing that. And it's hard to believe that he went to Antrim and he only got six points in total out of 322. <laughs> but Stevie, as I said last, the last time, I'm going to let you. Oh, look at that. <laughs> oh, you little daisy. Shawnee, not so Shawnee. bad. You broke the five. You broke the five hundred back. Are you down there, Shawnee, somewhere? I said, "Dear Lord, this fellas in my team, by aren't even playing." You, you Sylvie Lennon playing of you? I said to you earlier, I had John Fenton midfield and Sylvie Lennon cornerback. What? I'm making five hundred forty-six points. Jesus, I can fairness, Joe. John Finton, he'd be good at it now, in fairness. But like, he's not on the list, Johnny, when you're going through the He's retired 30 years. <laughs> well, Marco, not alone. Yeah, the, here's our our, our, um, our our listeners, our own, and Donna Sullivan, unreal. Uh, top of the table on ours, also top of the table in the whole fantasy. And Landers, you're second in the overall. Never mind winning ours, lads. If you want to win the overall, you need to be in the podcast league. Because this is where the competition is real. I mean, like I thought yeah. it was going right well this year, but of course, the selectors blagarded me from all the counties there, Austin Gleason and all <laughs> these fellas lift off. But uh, no, congrats, well, Mark, and well done, Don. Uh, Mount sign uh, and uh, some score in the week three sixteen. And Larry gone into the silver medal position. He's he's he could be Schnelly, yes, did. Marco. There's, yeah, one, could, there's one transfer window left, like. The Kenyan is a threat now, there's no doubt about it, because Tip, I think, are playing Antrim in the last game, so he'll be expecting Jason Ford. I know, I know, here now is a question. The fact that Shamie Callan is after breaking his finger, will they leave Jason Ford off the next day because couldn't afford to have the two free-takers out? There's a big question mark there now. If I was Colin Bonner, I'd be wrapping up Jason Ford now for the championship. So, Larry, the, same that Steve, the same with Stephen Binnetter. He has to give him a break. He has to play Shane for a few games. And, Surely. Think, you know, Surely. and Desi Surely. has to come in. And Parik Mahoney can hit freeze too. So, I mean, I, if, I was, if I was you, Liam, if you're any chance you're listening, Liam Cahill or Mikey Beavins, <laughs> just get, wrap him up now and just put him away for that tip game, the championship, because he's crucial to you. <laughs> anyway, anyway, that's the, that's um, the fantasy. Thanks, thanks to Butler Hurlers. And, and it was great. Just shout out to Onrua. Um, Joe Canning was meant to do this for me Saturday night in the commentary but uh, on Roa great this is where the money goes lads in fairness great club in Dungan and uh, Carl and the lads I know Carl you were out socialising Saturday night um, but you weren't there but down and played a challenge match in Ashburn with their under nines and all into Parnell Park and they kind of lit up Parnell Park early before the walk-up crowd landed on there was lads with red jerseys everywhere and I said where are these lads with the red jerseys from and He's saying we're from Dungannon, so that's that's shout Lovely. out to Onrua. It's great, great to see the few yeah. bob we invest and the fun we have out of it. Is just incredible and yeah, really funny fair. this this year altogether. It's exceptionally funny this year. TJ, you haven't really made a major impact. You're just like John Kiley. You know, you're, just wait, you're waiting for the big stuff. Yeah, the league. I, I said I kind of we decided at the outset wouldn't be really for us in 2022. Or Limerick and ourselves in the fantasy. And what I was going to say to Shani is if you're looking for advice and getting off the bottom, 
just talk to Marco. He has been there loads of times before, <laughs> and he got it. He got his stuff together, and he's having he's having one very good run in the league now. It will be interesting to see if he can maintain for the championship. But <laughs> if you need advice, go to Marco. The it's other a thing, too, it's a Ranieri competition, TJ. It's, it's a Ranieri, yeah. Five, t- and he probably would have been five thousand to one to win the league as well. Yeah. If joining is credit where credit is due, Marco, you got it started. You got your management team right. And you're now only six points after you overall. So we'll have to vote you on this occasion. So fair play. Uh, Dale, on the other story we mentioned last week about um, uh, my Carolyn F and fitting 14 to 14. We got a brilliant story through from a chap in Tina Abidonairi in Galway, right? Who are back in the 80s and they needed a team to go and they had a meeting point and it came in from uh, a Twitter called LC. Um, basically, they had nobody to take the team. And one of the guys over the team, Willie Joe Cunningham, he was looking after them. And he was also the undertaker in the village, Shawnee. So when he arrived, when all the players were there with their kit and gear bag and everything, all that, and he needed to get all of them to the game, there was only kind of one solution in his head that he needed to go and get theirs. <laughs> so. <laughs> The, sto- the, st- the story speaks for itself, but the man is still going strong, and he's still the local undertaker. So, and they did an okay job because they went down and they won two under sixteen finals and two minor finals and three one final after that or whatever. So he did a great job. But a brilliant, a brilliant story that came in, and you can see it coming together. Basically, when there was nobody else there, he needed to pull out the big wagon. But he got them all to the game anyway, and obviously he did a great job. So, what were they under what? It was under fourteen at the time. Yeah, probably a few smart lads in that now saying lads. Enjoy this now because it's a practice run for later on. It's <laughs> <laughs> reality, 100%. like yeah, that's the reality. So yeah, great story. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Just a quickie, oh, yeah. Marco. Just a quickie to try to. How worried are you if you're a tip supporter after what you saw? Oh, very worried. Very, very, very worried. worried. Yeah. So just go. Yeah, go back to the Waterford game. Um. So just the question about tip. Okay, first twenty minutes, tip are really good. And nine points to three up, hurling well. Had whatever breeze was there, were up for it. The minute the goal went in, the whole perplexion of the game changed. Waterford grew in stature. Uh, tip, I thought, went back into their shell. Um, and they had a goal opportunity. Jake Morris, who tried to see us hard for the whole game, he had a goal opportunity. He probably should have took it on a little bit more when went, went for the shot off his left and just grazed the post. But overall, I thought Tip were physically beaten up, I would say, by Waterford. Uh, Waterford brought an intensity to the game. And I I'll always go back to Dennis Call in the 1990 when we were minors. And you would know Dennis uh, very well, Shani from Glen Rovers. We were playing Waterford in the first round of the league, in the uh, first round of the minor championship in 1990. And the first meeting we had with him, he said, Lads, we're going down to Waterford. And Welsh Park is a graveyard for Cork teams. And that word still rings out in my head. It's a graveyard for Cork teams. Welsh Park is a graveyard for every team because the lads, in whatever it is about the facilities, uh, the crowd come in on top of it. And there's a huge atmosphere uh, from the water for crowd there. And the minute the goal went in yesterday... Is that, is that, is that tunnel over in the corner? But, and, and how they're still allowing two teams to come out at the same time and go in at the same time into that tunnel yeah. bit all, like, because I, I often bless myself team. going into that thing. 
you want the helmet on you there, and you wouldn't want to be jumping too high now because you definitely scrape the top of the head there, like. Yeah. Is it bigger than Cusick Park? Well, um, is it bigger than Cusick Park? The surrounds are, com- are something similar, like, but we might Johnny, have to go and bring the tape. We might have to bring Johnny, the tape here as well. The diesel has gone dear there, Shani. Fill it up there, will you? And get on, collect your men there and bear up there through through um, Mitchellstown. Collect the other lad and then land on here and we'll, we'll do the evening. Right. We'll get we'll we'll a 45 going later on there, Shani, just to keep you All happy right. there. With, but you know what? With the round robin and Paddy Joe Ryan, in fairness, as chairman of the Waterford County Board, made a big play a couple of years ago that their facilities needed to and that they were being unfairly uh, treated, that they couldn't have a home game at Wits Park. And I guarantee you this, which I don't care whether you're Munster champions or All-Ireland champions, you won't like going down to Welsh Park. And the one thing I, I know, Stephen Bennett yesterday, it didn't matter where he was taking freeze from. If you concede freeze to Waterford from 100 yards in, into the wind, against the wind, with the wind, it didn't matter. Stephen Bennett was plugging him from everywhere. And he's their main man. The other thing, like, is, you know, when I look at the forwards, Neil Montgomery, Patrick Corn, Kieran Bennett, Jack Penn against Michael Kiley. Like, there was, there's none of them are jumping off the table like Desi Hutchinson or Shane Kingston or Patrick Horgan or Aaron Galen or Garrod Hegarty. But by Jesus, I tell you this much, what they give you in effort and work rate is just phenomenal. And that's what I took away from the Waterford game yesterday is that all their players combined as a team are producing a savagery, a savagery of work rate. And it doesn't matter who the players are, they'll always give the ball in a better position, the men in a better position. Darrell Lines did an, 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 a huge amount of work in the middle of the field. And the one fella that we have, we didn't pick up on it already this year, right? is that Jack Fagan has gone from kind of the half-forward line back to the half-back line. And he's been rock-solid back there. So, And and the other player, McNulty, cornerback, was very, very good as well yesterday. So, Caleb Lyons now finds himself in a position, so, or, or I suppose the, the manager finds him, where are we going to fit in Caleb Lyons? Where he, does he come in at number two, or does he come in at number five? Does McNulty go back into the corner, or do they stick with what they have? So, like, the fact that Baron was out, Ozzy was out. Parig Manny actually made an appearance yesterday, Dela. So he's back okay. in the in the panel. And Mikey Manny from Belly Gunner came on as well yesterday to be huge, huge applause. So Waterford in a very, how very good place now. How is he going to pick 26? With great difficulty. And I think as you and TJ, as two former managers would know, isn't it a fantastic problem to have that you're have to, afraid to pick up the phone to tell a fella he's not actually under 26? Because it means that you have a great panel of players. And, you know, I think Cahill has done an unbelievable, along with Mickey Bevins and the selectors, obviously, they've done a great job of Waterford. And, you know, full-back, I suppose, um, Conor Prunty and Ty DeBocca in front of them were excellent as well. Like, like DeBocca, the same as Mark Coleman, they have that bust to pace. The minute they get the ball in their hand, one sidestep, and it's just gone. They are electric with pace and obviously striking then. Is top class as well. So, and that's um, after two oh, cruciate ligament injuries. Yes. He's some man. Magnificent. He's some. He's some. He's some York now. He's some York yeah. to be able to come back. They're not, they're not dark horses anymore, lads, are they? They're, they're, they're real contenders. Michael Carruth used to work with us there for a while with the Dublin Hurlers. Gas man, Mick Carruth. 
no longer pretenders, you are contenders. <laughs> and I say boxing parlance, of course, like, you know, and I just, yeah. geez, you're saying Watford, like, oh. I keep saying that last match in Ennis, Claire Watford could be <laughs> fair, fair mounted stake that day. Yeah. Uh, depending yeah. on course, obviously, Claire having to done their bit and, and, and Watford, obviously. Yeah. Okay. Uh, shout out to Kerry and Down as well as top in Division Two A. Uh, especially Kerry, big win against Meath, probably predictable. Meath not going well. Down had a brilliant win in Mullingar as against West Mead. Great. Shout out to the Down hurlers. They're 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 flying and they're meeting now. But it's looking like if they could engineer a draw, they'd meet again in the, in the final of it. But uh, uh, yeah, great incentive there. Great to see Down progressing as well. And Kerry, just the Kilmiley boys just landing back now in the last week. So. Um, They'll be also having a fair say in Joe McDonough, I think, you know, going, going forward. Um, Fogres, couple lads, I'm going to be just completely biased on this one. Um, great buzz in the park yesterday, uh, TJ Zepp to tell us, and I think clear people on a bit of a high that things might be, you know, a bit of doom and gloom a few weeks ago, and now maybe with TK back and Dougie back and a couple, there's a bit of a buzz. Just a bit of a shout-out, lads. We don't have the serious... Um, Sponsors that we have, Pat O'Donnell has been unreal down through the years, but we don't have the big, huge uh, machines that other counties have, like Cork and Tip and Limerick. Uh, so, Club Clare lads has become crucial for our hurlers and our Camogie players. Just a shout out to everyone to maybe renew your membership. When we started last year with Club Clare, huge take up and huge response. And just to say, some people just it's renewing stuff can be a little bit tricky at times, just a renewal and new members, of course hugely great benefits as well great little you know bits of gear and that to give out club clear has been a revelation and we just need it i know brian and the lads need it as a support mechanism there and just another one for me lads just a sad sad uh story really mick cronin beyond my own age there mick kiskeen man but huge bishopstown um underage based in the city now Hugh bishopstown he's done so much for their underage mick had a light you know Got life-changing injuries last November uh, in a work accident. And um, we just shout out to, to Mick as well himself. It's massive progress in his recovery. And keep it going, Mick. We we, we always be thinking about you here. Uh, but Bishop Sound lads, Paddy's Day and the day after, are having a massive kind of a hurlathon. Uh, whole, whole day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. They're having matches at every level. This That's the link to it. We'll, we'll tag it. I, I certainly retweeted it this morning. So just you can buy an individual game or you can buy a family pass and whatever. And I think a lovely little, you know, the, it, it shows the club coming behind Mick on, on that and um, the family as well. And I, I said it'd be great old way for anybody to, you know, great J.A. people look after each other. And I think that'd be a, a great shout out one to, to help out on there. And, and we'd certainly be giving it the plug. And we are giving it the plug. Obviously, we won't have a show next week with no game. So... So, yeah, that's about me. Unless the, any the rest of you have Fogra Fogras, we've enough said about fantasy hurling. Shawnee, get your act together for the championship, Shawnee. Championship, yeah, we'll fix it. Um, well, I, have a hockey, I have a hockey game next. I'll shout out to Ashton Hockey next Saturday. <laughs> find, find out who scored the nine goals against you there last week. No, and be current the No kicking, girls. You're not low kick. No, yeah. no kicking, McGrath. Yeah, the Irish Hockey uh, Council, they always listen to this show as well. So look at you, have an up and coming coach in Cork. If you want to get him in there and the National Development Squad there in, um, what's the name of the place, the, the big place there in West Dublin? Out near Blanchardstown? Ah, come on. Oh, all the pitches are there, all the Astros and everything. Oh, Abbotstown, is it? Abbotstown, oh, my Shawnee. 
Uh, anyway, you all right with that? Yeah, yeah. What's the yeah. Club? Oh, Marco, fire away there, will you? We've 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 an official uh, email. We have, now, have we? Just, just, yeah. We saw we um, Jim Balger was actually uh, there's a oh, there's a couple of lovely pictures there. There's Jim Balger there and the the with the, with his um, there will be hope and uh, a couple of lads from the podcast and Jim Doyle there with us there on the right hand side. Great day. And uh, there's a picture of Max Sweeney there, one of the major winners last year. So um, we've organised... Two cock legends. A... Two cock legends on the right. Two cock legends. There Max Sweeney and Landos. Yeah, so we have an email address set up and it's called info at comeonracing.ie. So for people who are interested in joining the racing club, please send an email as soon as you can into that email address. So info at command racing. Um, I don't know. No, is, 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 I, I presume the command is spelled right there. C-A-M-A-N racing.ie. What's well, Rafe? It's doing it, sorry. They're, they're the home of Holland. Like, Rafe won't make a mistake yeah. on the Irish like, you know. <laughs> no fathers in the command. So I, I like that. It's a nice name. Command. It's a bit like the Holland. So. Um, I, I suppose, and look, if there are people out there that have a group of fellas that you're representing, one is representing five or six or seven fellas, just send in your name and your phone number and the county you're from and the amount of shares that you want. So if you want one share or if you're representing a group of three fellas or there's one fellow rang me that said there's 20 fellas on the site want to join the racing club. So whatever the number is, send it in. Uh, I think we are limiting it to 500 people. So the first 500 people in are going to be in the racing club. Um, I think we are setting through the chair, Mr. Chairman up there on the top left-hand corner, Mr. Daly. Um, I think we're settling on 200 euros as the membership for the year. And uh, that will be an annual subscription because we intend to be around for a long time. We're not going to be like different syndicates who come and go. This is going to be a racing club for the next three, five, seven, ten years. And um, there'll be an annual membership of only 500 people, and it'll be an annual membership. So it'll be like it's going to be run like a GA club. You have to pay your membership. We won't be waiting around for three months to get the players to pay their membership. It has to be paid. And around Cheltenham time is what we're telling fellas. So you'll be fast enough to spend money in Cheltenham, so you'll have to join the racing club as well. And um, obviously, we, we are going to align ourselves to cancer research as well. So the colours, we must have a, a, we're looking for a hint of, or a tinge of pink in the colours to do, denote ourselves. And we, if, if we're lucky enough to have some prize money at the end of the year, we will be denote, do, donating to cancer and other worthy charities at the end of the year. So if people want to put forward charities that they'd like to see represented. And if there are funds there available, we will certainly be, be passing them out. Um, I think Jim Bolger has, has been back to us, so he has a number of options for us. And just, I, I suppose, on a side note, um, I'd like to mention, you know, Jim Doyle has done a huge amount of work in the background. And the last week, and actually not about the racing club at all, he has been involved in getting uh, 10 people out of Ukraine um, to bring them to Ireland. And, and Jim Bolger, I just have a text message in there now, actually, from Jim Bolger. In the conversation this morning, the Jim Bodger offered him a house to house people, a four-bedroom house. So, like that, just shows the caliber of person that we're dealing with. Um, that he would have—he's an employee of his, who whose wife's sister is in Ukraine, and she's bringing 
nine of our family, they landed in Ireland actually last night. Um, so that's the kind of work that's going on in the background. And you, you know, it just shows the Irish person how Top good block. they are. Like, yeah. and, and to have a conversation this morning with Jim Bonser and, and for him to offer a house for, for people as well, that's just the type of person that we want involved in this racing club. So, you know, and, and that's, that's a humanitarian thing. It's just, just brilliant. It's just brilliant stuff. TJ, yeah, when are we going? TJ, when are we going on the road trip to the national hunt um, side of things? Oh yeah, to be honest, you know, I feel busy myself now for the next two weeks. I have a couple oh, of trips. Oh, you've got out between Anfield and Westbury Park. I'm in Anfield tomorrow night. I have a, uh, I'm, I'm off to meet Thomas's by on Friday night, and then I go to Cheltenham next Monday for a week. So uh, very busy. I was told a long time ago, uh, Shani, that it is very important that while you're making a living, that you remember to live. <laughs> and I'm just trying to make sure that that's what I do. You're doing so, right, that's it. Just make, just enjoy make it. sure. Yeah, we're not saving up for a 3.4 mention on the Black Rock Road. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I don't need to mention. Um, what, what I will say is, we talk about things like crisis and hurling and different things, different things at different times, which are very serious. It's just there's an awful lot more important things in life, and what happened to the Sheffield family in the, in the last and, and other people that Delo has mentioned and even what's happened in the Ukraine like they are actually real crisis like so what we do here on a weekly basis is a bit of fun we talk about our passion and our pastime and I suppose it's important to remember that and just to lead on to that what Mark has just explained there is for 200 euros there's an opportunity here to be part of something and I've used the phrase that will take you places that you might never have seen before or thought that you are people that you might meet. To have somebody like Jim Bulger on side is brilliant. And he has won everything that's been won in racing and is 80 years of age. Listen to him, he, like his enthusiasm for hurling and for racing is, is infectious. I think we'll have good fun along the road here. The plan is that we'll put money in, into an account which will trade it, pay the training fees. These horses will be running in all sorts of tracks all over the country and maybe even abroad. We might even end up in the UK or Dubai. We'll get all these members into a room sometime, somewhere, where we'll, where we'll have people like Jim Bulger in the room. And I know the trainers in time. It'll be a network. It'll be great fun. We'll get to hear more and more of Mark Landers pontificating all about great mares and horses and Cork, of course. But it definitely, definitely will be good. Jeez, fun. we're trying to get and the be, members in. Will you go handy? To be part of a club like that, I think it is. So what we're trying to do is here, we just want to gauge to see if we have 500 members. So we want you to express your interest on the email there. And then we'll come back to you and then we'll, we'll talk about the funds. I think this is exciting. I think it'll be good fun. And I think Mark has, has, it, has it all nailed. And the last thing I'm going to say, Marco, is right is we're going to go away and be quiet now for a few weeks here in Limerick. We're going to say nothing. We're going to not talk about off the field. So what has become really spicy now is the date on Easter Sunday. I'm expecting an invitation. I'm expecting the royal treatment and a cracking game. Don't let me down. I, I, I'll do my best now, TJ, to get a couple of soft seats for you now because I know I know from dealing with you now the last couple of years, you'd like to be in the centre of the field there now. So I, I try and pull a, a few strokes, but there could be limited supply that day now. Just get three, get three, well, and, get one for you. Get three, and put Shani on one side of him. You go the other side of him. Then you can keep him. Shani be left for God's sake. Like Charlie. <laughs> You, Shani and one knee, Charlie and the other. <laughs> and Ken Hogan's wife with the cookies. Yeah, <laughs> it's anyway, 
Sin so, on all the winners there today for Leperson will you and stuff they are like, going open in the bar there. Mick Shea's outside. Huh? <laughs> Good luck. Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues. <laughs>